Welcome to Season 4 of E-Commerce Fastlane. This podcast helps resilient entrepreneurs thrive with Shopify. And now, on to Episode 202. You're listening to E-Commerce Fastlane, the podcast show to help you build, manage, grow, and scale a successful and thriving company. Powered by Shopify. Listen to real conversations with partners and subject matter experts as they share proven practical strategies, platforms, and the best Shopify apps to help you accelerate your business. The time is now for you to improve efficiencies, grow revenue, profit, and lifetime customer loyalty. Please welcome your host, startup founder and strategic advisor, Steve Hutt. Today's episode is brought to you by OmniSend. If you're in e-commerce marketing and it feels like those weekly newsletters are no longer powering your growth, you're going to love OmniSend. With more than 3,000 five-star reviews, OmniSend is the go-to choice for nimble Shopify merchants who want to step up from regular email campaigns so you can actually start increasing your sales and not your workload. With OmniSend, you'll be launching pre-built e-commerce automation in no time, as well as intuitively segmenting customers based on their shopping behavior and even trying out SMS or push notifications, all from the same platform. And the best part? OmniSend provides an immediate boost to your revenue while staying as easy as drag-and-drop email building, with automated emails averaging up to 40% of the total email revenue. So very compelling. Join Duke Cannon, Black Halo, and other high-growth Shopify brands that choose OmniSend to grow their e-commerce businesses on autopilot. Find out more about OmniSend and start free today. No credit card required. Well, hey there, it's Steve, and welcome back to the e-commerce Fastlane podcast. Now, if this is your first time listening, this is an e-commerce show where we have honest and transparent conversations about building and thriving with your store powered by Shopify or Shopify Plus. If you're an ambitious lifelong learner, which you probably are since you're here today, you're definitely in the right place. Now, new episodes are available twice weekly with your favorite podcast players like Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and many more. You can also stream current episodes, including a very relevant back catalog. I think we're up to 201-ish episodes. Just hit that 200 mark. Four years podcasting. So it's an amazing amount of partners in the Shopify ecosystem and a lot of the problems they're solving and a lot of great offers. So check out ecommercefastlane.com and you can get that back catalog. Now, in today's episode, my guest is Justin Christensen. This is his second time on the show. He's a co-founder and president of a company called Conversion Fanatics, and they're at conversionfanatics.com. Now, what they are is a full-service conversion and experience optimization company. Now, what they do, and they're definitely experts at this, is they help Shopify-powered brands to grow and scale through strategic testing to help understand the wants and the needs of site visitors. So it's a super important strategy. It's a great conversation. I guarantee you there's going to be a ton of learnings today. Please make sure you listen through to the end of the episode today because Justin is offering a free copy of his book that he's written quite a few years ago, but still so relevant today. It's how to double your customers' sales and profits with A-B testing. So pretty impressive little deal at the end of the show. So hi, Justin. Welcome to e-commerce Fastlane. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me back. Oh, my pleasure. You know, Conversion Fanatics has been on my radar a lot. I do recommend it. Whenever I have these kind of strategic calls, I mean, part of my job at Shopify is being a trusted advisor and I'm here to help brands to improve efficiencies or profitably grow revenue 
or build lifetime customer loyalty. Guaranteed, the CRO question, this conversion optimization question always comes up. People know that they need to be testing things all the time. I know you have a framework and a methodology around all of this. These conversations come up a lot and I try to send some traffic your way to saying, hey, you know what? Maybe there's opportunity here for talking to Justin and his team over conversion fanatics because this is what they do like as a full-time career and they really take a lot of things off your plate and can really help grow a brand. So let's just talk a little bit more on a high level first and some of the things maybe that have happened over the last year since we've last spoke, but what are you doing today with conversion fanatics and how are you helping these brands? Yeah, so we're kind of doing more of the same. Yeah. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's not a fast moving, fast changing, fast evolving kind mm-hmm. of methodology or strategy. It's just tried and true. And what we have found is just as long as you're consistent and you're persistent with your testing efforts and you're trying to learn something and really just answer that question why, we're finding that it's really becoming more and more important and vital for these companies to do it, particularly from that standpoint, because the tracking game is changing Mm -hmm. uh, dramatically here recently and even coming up, it's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. So we're finding brands having to evolve their marketing message and be more connected to their audience than ever before. And optimization allows you to kind of do that. So that's the direction we've kind of taken in the last year, particularly you know, since the pandemic hit and companies were forced to change. Mm-hmm. And luckily for us, e-commerce skyrocketed and did what it did. You know, so we saw a lot of things change there, but it was the companies that already had their finger on the pulse of those behaviors mm-hmm. that were able to evolve and adapt and do it quickly. And we're talking even very large, like Shopify Plus stores and even some of the smaller ones as well. And on a flip side, those that weren't embracing it, we saw some companies go out of business and we saw them lose 90% of their revenue, unfortunately. So that's kind of the direction we're saying is just sticking with what we know and trying to be better about how we approach our strategy and how we better deliver for our clients. And that's really what I show up every single day to do is just how can I make my team smarter? How can I make our clients better at delivering their products and service? At the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about our clients. It's about their millions of customers. And we did an analysis recently that our split tests in the last 12 months have been in front of 140 million visitors. So we've put a lot of design and strategy into a lot of different things over the last, you know, 12 months. Wow, that's impressive. You know, it's funny you mentioned about this whole landscape is changing for brands, you know, with iOS 15 uh, that's kind of rolled out now and now you have to opt in to allow people to track you. So it's default to not opting in. And I had a chat recently with Ritus Loris over at OmniSend and he was making some comments, you know, that opens are dead and part of the deal of that is not knowing attribution of opens and how are you able to calculate return on ad spend when you can't even tell if people are opening your emails and that there is a whole new framework around overall dollars being spent versus what is your total net new revenue total. I know it seems very general and then this cookie-less future coming up with just there's so much craziness going on right now, but it's great to see that there is a dedicated framework and a methodology that you're following through. I love what you said. I wrote it down, consistent and persistent and finding out why things are what they are. I think it's an amazing way of thinking it. So let's jump a bit into the background of Conversion Fanatics because obviously your co-founder, I just would love to share with the audience, maybe if you have people that haven't listened to the first episode, you've been involved in this business for, I guess, over eight years now, I believe, and just would love mm-hmm. to understand the desire and the expertise. Like, why are you involved in this complex world of conversion <laughs> optimization? Sometimes I wonder the same thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah. no, I started, this is year 21 for me in digital oh. marketing. Oh, so wow. I actually have been around a lot longer than conversion fanatics. And yeah. I did it for myself. We had direct to consumer businesses, both my business partner and I did kind of cut my teeth in the affiliate marketing world, information publishing, kind of fast paced, fast moving lead generation tile thing. And I found that optimization was one of the key factors, you know, taking a $39 average order value and turning it into a $250 average order value or a $350. And what do you mean I can add a little arrow to something and it'll boost my results 19%, you know, those kind of things and the psychology behind it. I sold that company about 11 years ago back to my business partners. Yeah, I think it's it's been a while now, Mm. 2009, I guess, 12 years ago. And because of that, I was asked because of the information that I published there, on some split test results. I was asked what I was going to do. Started a small consultancy to help people kind of implement changes, kind of set up their flows and did a stint in a very high send email marketing kind of consulting role. And then my longtime friend and I, Manish, who's my now business partner, he had some systems and processes in place and a small team and I was kind of doing it myself. And we said, what's the most important piece of this marketing puzzle? And it's not the sexy side of it, but it's it's optimization. And, you know, you can't have traffic without optimization and you can't have optimization without traffic. And everybody was teaching traffic. So we said, why don't we just teach the important part (laughs) um, in our eyes? And that was optimization. But we found that nobody wanted to buy and learn it. So they just wanted us to do it for them. So we started doing it and actually just implementing it. And it's kind of evolved to something much bigger now. So yeah, we essentially become the extension of the marketing department for a lot of these companies um, become their optimization department instead of them just hiring, you know, five people uh, to actually do it the right way. But yeah, it's just always fascinated me, the psychology behind what makes people do what they do. You know, why do people click on certain things and why don't they? And why do they buy certain elements? And then you can have the same exact product and just slightly different variations or a different brand. And you're including all of these different pieces like brand equity. And just, it isn't about just, you know, place ad, you know, (laughs) get them to the page and buy the thing and then try to squeeze as many dollars. It's a lot more complex from a user journey, kind of omni-channel ecosystem system. And that just fascinates me. It's just why do people do what they do? And I joke and they say, well, have you optimized for X, Y, and Z product? I said, yeah. Are you selling to people? Um, Because, (laughs) you know, that at the end of the day is who our customers are. I don't care what you're selling. You know, it's people. There's only so many demographics. There's only so many breakdowns of it. Mm -hmm. It's just figuring out how they interact with your particular brand. And that's what gets me excited. You know, I was just looking at a split test result this morning and it was something simple. It was just an advertorial page and I just redesigned a buy box. Literally, I was on a call before I hopped on here. So it's very fresh. Redesigned the buy box and we noticed it's a 500% increase in click-through on that advertorial because we just simply adjusted how we were approaching it and kind of Mm -hmm. removed some elements, made it cleaner and put our focus on what we felt and found to be the most beneficial. And it's just exciting to see those kind of results come in. And of course, they're not all big slam dunk home runs. And we definitely don't win every single one of them. But that's what makes it exciting. It's sometimes one thing will work and then the next time it won't. (laughs) And you have to figure out why that particular thing did work or it didn't work. I love that. You know, what's interesting is that I have 60 brands that I manage on the Shopify plus side of the business. And of those, you know, I'm active with probably more than 30 of them. And I would say 
the bulk of them are not consistently doing split tests. And I just think about the opportunity loss right there of just, even you're right, you're not going to get a slam dunk, but just the fact that the framework or the mindset around consistently testing things and experimenting with things, because you just don't know what the outcome is unless you're testing it or trying some. You can't test a whole bunch of things. I know you have to be very disciplined in kind of what you do. Are you finding that's a similar kind of thing where there's other kind of shiny things that they'd rather be doing or they're not doing yet versus maybe wanting to get involved in the CRO side of the business? Yeah. I mean, they're so busy, particularly the Shopify Plus brands. They got a lot of volume. And we had been working with one large Shopify Plus brand for the last couple of years. And before we kind of stepped in, they were just throwing stuff up because they just <laughs> yeah. saw that it was this yeah. or some so-and-so saw it or they were featured in a new TV show or they were featured in a new whatever. And they just threw the logos up and they didn't really test everything. So we just went in and started uncovering rocks and just flipping over rocks and just seeing what was actually holding the most weight. And when you're doing that, it makes everybody smarter and more evolved and it becomes less and less. And I think where a lot of people get hung up is it becomes less and less about the conversion rate in and of itself. And I preach this a lot is, yeah, it's one thing to take your conversion rate from 1% to 2%, but there's a lot of things that you can't necessarily put on a spreadsheet and quantify when you're doing true experience optimization and you're doing true on-site experiments because you know, it might increase your add to cart rate, but it also might help improve customer support because you're answering a question on product page or you don't know what the word of mouth effect is going to be. And we're having that bigger picture discussion a lot more lately because we're not being able to track and we're having these visitors and we have to take this big holistic approach. And I think a lot of companies are just simply head down, pushing their way through it. And as they grow and scale, it's becoming less effective and a lot harder. And we're finding that the companies, like I said, kind of in the beginning is it's easy to adapt and adjust and grow and scale when you're constantly trying things and you're constantly trying to better understand. I say it's add, remove, change, rearrange, or restructure elements that will alleviate friction in that process. And if we can hold them from point A to point B and hold them by the hand, get them engaged in that shopping experience and get them to make that buying decision, it doesn't always have to be removing stuff and making it simpler. We're even at a point with some brands where we're helping them rebrand and reposition and kind of polish their brand as a whole because they've reached a point of scale. And it's becoming less and less about oh, hey, I changed or I moved the button. And it's more like, how are we perceived as a whole, as a brand versus you know where we were to get to 10 million in revenue. Now, where do we get to 30? Right. You know, it's the positioning changes in there. Wow. You know, it's interesting about when, you know, you're mentioning this and I'm thinking about the correlation versus the causation because you're right because some things you just don't know. You brought the comment about when we go to optimize the, you call it experience optimization, but I never really thought about the benefits of updating the PDP page so that there's not as many customer support inquiries. I always think about like adding on things like, well, do you have a chat bot on there that says, where's my tracking number or what's your return policy and have like a self-serve model running more in chat. But then there's other opportunities available on the PDP page just really to overall have a better customer experience, which overall improves the conversion rate just because of what you added to the PDP page. Yeah. I mean, a few simple examples of this are like size guides or warranty information or ingredient list, adding something as simple as a frequently asked questions section. We're doing one right now where it's 
a subscription versus not. And when they click subscribe, it basically says how much with a question mark call out with a light box. And it tells them, okay, if you're X, Y, and Z, you need this much. We recommend ordering this much. So it's basically just helping them make a buying decision. You know, it can be in a lot of different ways. And it isn't, like I said, always removing something. You know, having chat is great, but a lot of times people don't want to go through that and engage in that particular process. And they just want their questions answered. And it's our job to try to figure out what that question is and yeah. answer it. Oh man, it's a tough one. That's why you focus on what you do, right? I mean, do what you do and do it well and get away all the distractions and stuff like that. Like what's the one thing you need to work on here? And so I'm glad that you're not a Swiss army knife of MarTech. You're really focused on the non-sexy part of it, but that's good. I appreciate that. So let's talk about Q4. We're in that right now. Holiday season is around the corner. Code freezes are coming like, gosh, in three or four weeks for everybody, the app partners and Shopify. And there's still time right now to think about optimization right now. And what are you recommending brands do right now? Thinking the fact that here we are in the second week of October right now. I don't know what the days are before BFCM, but there's still opportunity to be able to do stuff. So what are you recommending brands that are listening today work with you or not? What are you recommending? So setting expectations ah, okay. with the visitors is similar to what we did during COVID. It was a lot of, you know, on-time shipping. We're seeing a lot of shipping delays and a lot of things. I think that's going to be an issue. And it's something we've done for the last year or 18 months or so. It's the same thing. It's really just setting it. Okay, if I order by this day, I'm going to guarantee it by Christmas. I'm going to do that. We're in stock. You know, we have this yeah. number of products. And then we're really just trying to do the additional add-ons as much as possible. So, you know, even things like gift wrapping, we're testing a handful of that already even leaning up to it so before the big black friday cyber monday push we're seeing a lot of urgency kind of scarcity elements at play meaning x number of people have ordered this in the last whatever days instead of being really like hey your order is reserved for it's more kind of the softer approach of it just saying hey we've got some in stock but we're selling these items and being real and truthful with it not just a, a marketing gimmick but it is really just coming down to expectations and like hey i'm going to ship it you're going to get it it's guaranteed here's our warranty we're seeing a lot more warranty items come into play companies ditching kind of the additional third party and taking warranty information in-house, expanding their money-back guarantee. We're seeing a lot of lifetime warranty stuff, those kind of things leading up to it. Because really, we get into promo mode in Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and it's really just go, 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 sell, sell, sell. <laughs> and that's good and bad. But most of your learnings up until Black Friday, Cyber Monday kind of get thrown out the window for a couple of weeks because it's just the irrational buying behavior that most visitors have during that time. So it's really, it's the majority of things that we're doing is just leading with some social proof, leading with the expectations of ship times, and then backing it up with those FAQs to kind of just make them feel warm and comfortable doing business instead of just looking like a spin-up store that might have a bunch of false security stuff on it or, yeah. or things like that. You mentioned shipping times. I totally agree with that. I mean, being open and transparent about that supply chain, you know, if you don't already have your products, you're kind of like a little bit screwed, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but you know, the other option there is that there are ways of building alignment in non-competing verticals to get involved with other products, maybe to expand your product mix. So if you feel forecast wise that you may be running out of stock of things, the other option is to work with, you know, there's a couple different companies out there. I think like channel ape, 
I think of convictional. I mean, there's software now that allows you to align yourself with other non-competing verticals. Give an example. Let's say Steve Madden, for example, big in shoes, massive retailer. But you know what? He also sells a lot of other things that are not Steve Madden branded product on his website. But that's very intentional because maybe a handbag or other accessories that he doesn't want to get involved in, but feels that they're market leading products in the same vertical, he does that. And so there's software that allow you to align yourself. So think about the fact that maybe, yes, you have a full range of product, but if things are going to start running out, is there an opportunity to be able to find other non-competing complementary products that could be added onto your Shopify store and almost in a dropship arrangement, have somebody else fulfill your customer's orders because you have a more full range catalog available to the buying population. So it's one thing that I wanted to bring up. And then the one other thing that I thought was unique, maybe it's not unique to everybody, but some brands are doing shopping early kind of VIPs. They're thinking about this RFM, this recency frequency monetization strategy. So they're almost like they have a list or a bucket of customers that are kind of active, loyal customers. And how are we giving them the VIP kind of white glove treatment? Is it possible to send them over to a private page with a password protected using Locksmith or something? Give them the BFCM deal now ahead of time because the share of wallet is only so big. I don't know if the number is $1,500 per person, whatever it is. That money's going to be burned up, like most of it through BFCM. Imagine getting some of that earlier. Are you seeing that where some brands are saying, hey, wait a second, maybe we need to market to our VIPs first and grab that share of revenue and then the regular buying population for the rest of the time? Yeah. So we've got one particular client comes to mind. They lock down their store for every new season release. So they're actually in Australia. So it's summer. So they just launched their summer collection, essentially. They're in clothing and apparel. And they locked down their store and changed things up and basically created this ultimate VIP experience for their visitors. So they actually lock it down and go to them first. And they had one of their most successful months ever just leading up into this. So we're seeing a few more stores really try that and kind of segment, particularly those since you can't track and just increasing your ad spend isn't necessarily the best thing. Mm -hmm. And as long as you have something new and fresh to position or some kind of angle for that. And what's funny is this company, actually, we increased their shipping threshold as well for free shipping. It increased their average order value dramatically. Not only did they get this big influx of customers from their existing customer base that they built this VIP program for, but it was like a 30% bump in their average order value. So, you know, that's, that's some definite some things. And I'm glad you brought that up because locking down, creating that kind of buying frenzy. And then you also look at companies like Alani New, which is the beverage slash supplement company. They basically don't do any ad spend <laughs> because everything is <laughs> just kind of this viral customer base situation, but they're massively successful because of it, because they're kind of leaning into that quote unquote cult following and that group of VIP buyers to kind of lead the driving force. You know what else I've noticed too, before we pivot, <laughs> I have a few more questions for you today, but I'm just thinking top of mind here. And I love spitballing these kind of marketing ideas. Tapcart is a big Shopify plus technology partner. It allows you to have a mobile app. And there's a few other partners in the same kind of ecosystem, but Tapcart has been one of the ones I've been recommending a lot. And I'm finding a lot of brands now are getting on board with them. And what they're doing is they're purposely messaging over their VIPs and they're forcing a little bit, quote unquote, in quotation marks, forcing them to say, hey, download our 
our mobile app. You're a VIP and we're only going to offer promotional special kind of like limited drops and flash sales and different things through the mobile app only because they know the selfish benefit of having a mobile customer or a dedicated mobile app is the push notifications and lots of other different kind of real estate on your phone is like super important. Push is the big one by having that app there. And then, you know, this really helps build community because there are a lot of things can be built into a mobile app that maybe you can't get maybe on the web because it's on your phone physically. Have you seen this kind of strategy or tactic being implemented at all lately? Yeah. And it also gives you more control because you're keeping that audience where email might drive 20 to 30% of your revenue those push notifications and that control and those text messages and those other elements, if you control that list, a bigger element. And yeah, we've got a handful of clients that are pushing for the app side of things. Unfortunately, it's very difficult to split test within those. <laughs> so it, it makes it a little difficult for us, yeah. but we're, we're seeing that strategy for sure. Mm, very cool. So let's talk about other notable agency partners kind of in the Shopify world. I mean, you're there to really help these brands in conversion optimization and you called it like experience optimization. But I believe that there are, there are others attempting to do this sort of thing also. But I also believe that, you know, from a methodology perspective, I know Conversion Fanatics has been intentional to kind of differentiate from kind of other I'd say full service marketing partners that are out there and you know who they are. They're, they're all over the internet doing their thing. So I just would love to maybe if you could share to the audience today about why you're uniquely positioning yourself versus others just in marketing kind of technology services. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it, maybe it's just me being kind of jaded in my old age <laughs> in the marketing world, but all right. I just really enjoy simplicity. Ah. And we used to have the traffic side of things and we used to have all of these, but I've found that I use the quote that marketers ruin everything. <laughs> so there's a lot yeah. of companies that can sell it, but they can't necessarily fulfill it. And the opposite side of what we're doing, we built our systems and processes and the way that we do it before we ever went out and sold it. And we found it to be a lot easier to do so once we did that. And in terms of like how we're differentiating ourselves, I get asked like how we're different than so-and-so every single day. And my answer is I have no idea. Just because I'm so busy trying to deliver the best product or service that we have, the product and service that we have for our clients. And how we differentiate, at least from what I know, is we become that extension. We take care of the heavy lifting. We do all of the design, the development, the strategy, the implementation. We don't overcomplicate any of it. I don't use any fancy acronym framework. We roll up our sleeves. We go and test. You know, I guarantee we're going to try really, really hard. I can't guarantee you the results. I can't guarantee any of those other things. We try to be an affordable solution for them, not just, you know, jacking up the prices just for the sake of jacking up the prices. As if we're just an extension, as if you're just hiring a person to help you do that. I don't want to be a line item. I want to be a long term trusted partner. And then, you know, it really just comes down to we actually give a damn, you know, and I have kind of goes back to being jaded is, you know, I just don't take on everybody for the sake of taking on a client. I have to feel confident and being able to sleep at night that we're actually going to be able to help this company. I just turned one away the other day and he's like, you can obviously tell that I'm very interested and I want to do business with you. And I've been quoted all of this other stuff. And I did an analysis for him and I'm like, I can't help you. Like, I just, I don't feel confident enough to be able to deliver the ROI 
at the level that he was at. So I gave him some suggestions and I moved along the way. And, you know, hopefully he'll come back, you know, six, eight months and we'll check in with him and make sure he's moving along. But somebody was trying to take money from him before. And I'm not in the business of chasing dollars. I'm in the business of helping companies grow and scale. And that's what we try to do. And we focus on that particular one thing that we do. We do optimization. We're not fancy. Don't try to overcomplicate it. I don't use a bunch of different softwares. I don't try to reinvent the wheel. I just tell them that we're going to try hard. And if we can help, we're going to do everything in our power to do it. If I can't, I'm going to be the first to tell you. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's very admirable because I think about it's difficult to say no. And I'm glad you're not chasing dollars. And I think that's the longevity and the strength that Conversion Fanatics has is that's how you feel about it. You can't offer the stars. I'm going to shoot for it. And I'm probably going to get the moon. It kind of is what it is. It kind of reminds me too a little bit, you know, within Shopify, there's a book that I've read a while back, but the one thing, Gary Keller mm-hmm. and whatever, and, you know, and he goes in there and talks about focusing your attention and your energy literally on one activity that will yield the most reward. And that's what successful people, like they don't focus on all the things. And that's exactly what you do is you focus on the one thing that needs to be done. And let's see if there's a result and let's move on to the next experiment. And I just really appreciate that. Yeah. And I mean, I can't guarantee that I'm going to run X number of tests. I can't guarantee that I'm going to do any of that. It's just, I'm going to keep swinging the bat and that's what we're going to do. And I can't rush the data. I'm the most impatient person ever. (laughs) But I have to be patient in optimization and you have to let the data run. You have to have days. It isn't turning and burning. And with that, like I said at the beginning, persistence and consistency is going to get you there. And as long as you just keep swinging the bat, you're going to win. And that's really the end of it. People that are listening today, there's going to be a different range of different maturities and complexities. So, you know, there's like 1.7 kind of million Shopify kind of core brands. And, you know, there's thousands, tens of thousands of Shopify plus brands. But let's say the early stage people that are like, hey, you know what? I want to learn this A-B testing craft. I want to figure this out. I want to test for something and optimize for something. I appreciate kind of that you've built a business around helping brands do this sort of work. Maybe there's a DIY people out there that want to do this. So what are you recommending those that want to dip their toes in this C? kind of field? So it's all about asking questions to me and really figuring out what visitors are paying attention to, what they're ignoring, kind of where they're falling off. So with that, I just do qualitative approach, meaning don't rush into split testing if you don't have to. Most companies, particularly just starting out with Shopify, they're not going to have the volume. You know, they're not going to get 30, 50, 100 sales a day to justify split testing. So we take the qualitative approach and that's using heat maps, using polling to just figure out what the heck these visitors are clicking on. And then what questions are we not answering? And that poll is where it comes into play. And it's usually in the form of an exit intent or kind of an exit intent type pop-up on mobile and overlay, just asking the simple question of what question didn't we answer for you today? Or what is holding you back from, you know, buying today? and letting the visitors tell you specifically what that problem is. And it sounds simplistic, and that's because it is. You know, you want the answer to the question, just ask the question. (laughs) And so many times people don't pay attention to that data. You know, we did this, we're fortunate enough to work with some very large companies, and we did this, one of the companies, not necessarily Shopify related, but we work with NBC Sports. And we were asking on one of their subscription services, asking the question. I'm like, simply just ask a question. And we're like, well, the price is there. The price, price, price. I'm not sure what I'm getting for the value. 
And it came down to the value stack and the value proposition. They weren't sure what they were getting for the money. It came down to something so simple. It was like, well, price is never the objection. It's just you didn't position the value enough. That's typically the angle. So all I do is just look at heat maps. We look at click maps. I don't look at screen recordings just because nobody has time to sit and watch those. It'll <laughs> yeah. absolutely drive you nuts. Right. So I just look at the heat maps, the scroll maps, figure out where they're flowing on that page, what they're clicking on, what they're not clicking on that you might think they are. Where's the concentration going? And then ask those questions. And then I use that to kind of inform my changes from there because you'll find, and we just did this with a company in the UK, it's actually a Shopify brand. They were selling natural skincare and they were doing about 30 sales a day, 20, 30 sales, kind of bouncing around that mark. And we took this qualitative approach and just guided him along this. And he just checked in with me, I think nine months later, they had their record day, which is 300 orders. They basically outgrew their infrastructure <laughs> and their supply chain stuff. So they had to kind of back up and take a different approach to it. And that qualitative approach is what did it. We didn't run a single split test during that entire time. So it's taking that approach. If you want to do some split tests and do some very simplistic things like testing some headlines, testing some calls to action and kind of massaging the languages, which is what I would recommend doing things like product titles, hero image kind of headlines, testing different benefits and angles of your product. And I say benefits in the truest sense, right, right, right. meaning use whatever benefit that you have for your product and test that in your headlines. I would use something like Google Optimize, just something very simple. I don't recommend that long-term and for the bigger picture as you grow in scale, but for the simple things like those headlines, you might learn that your poll has something that you're missing or something and you need to change it. Use Optimize to just test it to confirm or, you know, whether prove or disprove whether you're right or not. Yeah. You know, I just thinking out loud here too. I also recommend there's a tool called Enquire. I think they're at EnquireLabs.com, but really neat little post-purchase kind of survey tool that a lot of Shopify brands are using. I just love one thing. They do exactly what you're saying. This is for the purchase side of the business saying, hey, you know what? Like, why did you place an order today? Or how was your shopping experience today? And it really, I think it helps gather a lot of insights of better ways to optimize the shopping experience. You're saying, well, this was a little clunky. I still bought, but it was kind of weird. And then the other side of it is like, what about browse recovery or cart recovery? Part of your flows, a lot of people have Klaviyo, so for example, and they may set up some kind of flows in there. And part of it is, hey, you, you left something in your cart, but then it can continue on that flow. And if at some point it gets to this part of the journey where they haven't purchased yet, maybe the other idea is to have a link to exactly what you're saying, a post-purchase experience link or a post-purchase or even just post just a survey and saying, hey, what do you think? Like what's happening here? And just asking one simple question and getting that feedback. Yeah, I mean, it's vitally important. Just ask the open-ended question and it allows if they had a terrible experience, for example, it allows them a place to vent and be heard and be understood before they turn to social media yeah. <laughs> and, and light you up there. Yeah. You know, that's another way too, because then it allows you to kind of remedy and adjust that problem and, and figure it out before it comes to a head. I'm going to pivot to a story because I think it's important to, for those listening today to learn and be inspired a bit from others. I think it's very motivational, even for me selfishly, when I hear, hey, here's what Justin and his team did for this brand, named or not named. I think that's unimportant. It's just that where were they before? And then why did they make the conversion fanatics kind of choice? And then where are they now? So I hopefully not putting you on the spot here, but it'd be great to kind of get one story around that you're quite successful and proud that they've 
implemented and you know it's working well with your organization? Yeah, so we working with a brand. They came to us, Shopify Plus, two hundred fifty thousand or so in in monthly revenue. Conversion rate was less than one percent when they came to us. Fairly decent ticket, one hundred fifty ish average order value, and they came to us and like, hey, if we could just get to two percent, and I said, well you need to slow down. We need to walk before we run. <laughs> Started adjusting, doing our, our methodology and thing. And fast forward about 10 months later, I think it's, I think we're in month 16. We started just late 2019, like October 2019 with this company. So we've been doing it a while, but we were about, yeah, I think almost 10 months in and their conversion rate hit 4%. Their average order value went up about 30 bucks and their monthly revenue tipped two and a half million. So they went from 200,000 to two and a half million in about 10 months. Now there we're kind of, that's one of the ones where we're rebranding them now. I mean, kind of just not necessarily re, full rebrand, but we're giving them a refresh and we're testing a lot of elements around their brand guide and helping them solidify that. And then they loved it so much that they actually brought on a second brand. They're kind of a parent company. So we're doing the same thing with that company. Things are, are looking really good as a whole. One of the prouder ones that I've worked with in the last, you know, couple of years. Obviously, we've got lots of amazing success stories. You know, we just produced an extra like seven hundred thousand dollars in revenue for another luxury clothing company with an average ticket of about three hundred. So really high average order value produced. I think in the last six months. So we've been doing some good things. We yeah. just, like I said, we just keep swinging the bat. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. I just, you know, once again, I know that you guys know what you're doing. It's very clear that you're helping a lot of brands and, you know, this is your expertise. Once again, what's the one thing you do and you do it well. And I just massively appreciate that. I have a few brands that are still current retainers with you. So that's why I kind of nudge myself to get you back on this podcast today. It's like, hey, you're using Conversion Fanatics? I forgot you're using them. That's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've worked with brands where, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow. Like it's been five plus years. Yeah. And we're still mm-hmm. going to work every day. Yep. And we, they stick with us. Love it. So we must be doing something, right? Absolutely. So let's talk about the future for Conversion Fanatics. I know you say that, hey, it's not a sexy field and not a lot of things have changed and just got to really got to double down and focus. And I can't guarantee, but I'm going to do the work, the necessary work to understand about CRO and the customer experience. And I think it's a wider field now more because of what's been happening with privacy policies and different things and tracking abilities and things like that. But I wonder if you could just share quickly, maybe the North Star for into 22, end of the day, like how are you going to continue to offer this value and assistance for Shopify brands? So that's it is we just show up and I, I we literally live by the motto of continuous daily improvement. It's how we started the company. It's literally on our mission statements. We look, how can we be a little bit better? in every single area, whether it be how do we better communicate our results to the clients? How do we keep them updated better? How do we internally move items around from, you know, say creative or development? How do we get better strategy? And we just look for ways like we're changing, constantly changing our systems and constantly changing our processes to better do that. Like we just incorporated a new training program for all of our developers. So once a week, they talk about a certain topic with our lead developer, which we just created that position because we wanted to bring in one of our senior developers and then have them take more of a leadership position to help foster more mm-hmm. senior developers. Yeah, And we just really try to up level that as much as possible, but making it a fun place to work, you know, doing something simple like about once a quarter, we do a thing called a game night just to keep morale up. So they gather virtually 
onto a game and we give away things like Oculus, um, oh, nice. 3D goggles and, wow. you know, awesome. air fryers and, and random things <laughs> for prizes for the staff just to, just to unwind. And we kicked that off during COVID because we weren't able to be in the office every day. And then, you know, we're just trying to just be the best optimization company we can be and try to drown out the noise. And it really just comes down to our clients. But that's how we built the company is to literally just try every single day to be a little bit better. And it seems to be working. And we're continually always, I mean, literally every single day is how do we make this a little bit more efficient? How do we communicate even internally better? How do we, something has to improve that day or some efficiency or roadblock has to be removed. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always have to be massive, but that's really what we're doing in terms of looking towards strategy and stuff that we're kind of looking towards is a lot more kind of personalization aspects and really taking things in that direction. So creating kind of those unique experiences for visitors. It was kind of a hot topic a couple of years ago, but it kind of fell off a little bit. And of course, we're still keeping our, our eyes on AI, mm-hmm. but I still don't think it's there yet. And I think the human element and the human psychology is, is always going to play a piece in that. This is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this. I've scrambled so many notes. It's unbelievable. And I just, I really appreciate kind of what you do. How can people learn more about Conversion Fanatics? And I guess you have a blog and some insights and things like that. So where should people go? Yeah, you can just find more information about us at conversionfanatics.com. I'd like to say we update our blog, but we don't. Too busy, too busy <laughs> I, doing tests? Uh, we are, literally. I have a post on there, I think, that says it. It's like, sorry, I didn't update anything. We've got a ton of case studies, but I don't yeah. have any time to share share with them with you. <laughs> But we're starting to get back into some content writing again here. And I'm pushing out a lot of content on social. So if you follow us on social, you can see kind of some updated tips and tricks. In fact, yesterday I just recorded six tips, little 30 second clips, just simple one little thing that we're going to be pushing out to YouTube. But conversionfanatics.com is the main place. I'm always on social. We're pretty much on every social media platform. And then I believe... I got a free book. You do indeed. Um, Yes. I know we chatted about it at the top of the show. Maybe you can share some details on that and maybe the link where they can grab it. Yeah. So I, it gets five years ago, almost six years ago now, I wrote a book called Conversion Fanatic, How to Double Your Customer Sales and Profits with A-B Testing. The most painful process I've ever been through (laughs) is writing a book, at least something I could be proud of that could stand the test of time. And I wrote it in a way that could stand the test of time. Yes, it is five or six years old, but I still flip through it regularly and be like, gee, that was pretty smart. I wonder who wrote that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Sometimes I surprise myself. But yeah, I wanted to write something that was very tangible, very actionable and could stand the test of time. And again, it comes down to very simple nature, but I wrote it. I'll give everybody a free PDF copy. If you don't even need to opt in for it, just literally click to download. It's uh, conversionfanatics.com slash free book. Very simple. You can download it, read it don't. I don't care. But hopefully you find some information out of it. I know a lot of people have really enjoyed it, which is very humbling and appreciative yeah, <laughs> of amazing. that fact that people actually read it and learn from it Yeah, um, even years later. So yeah, I want to give everybody that copy. Yeah, I just I massively appreciate that. I mean, that's a really great takeaway right now. And you know, just it's so interesting just after all these years, it still has so much value in it. And it just shows that you really are following some great strategy that, hey, you know what, there's some basics that need to be done. Yes, I'm going to dabble a bit and what's going on in personalization and AI and and think about these other things, fair enough. I'm not going to be oblivious to it, but there's also, I got to focus on the core thing. And that is to, what can I do to improve the customer experience through optimization and actually consistent testing over time? 
Mm-hmm. I really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Like I said, if I could show you my papers full of like massive docs here, like I've written a ton and just, it's one of those things, just life of learning. And I just appreciate you taking time today and chatting with me and uh, just giving back to the Shopify ecosystem in general. And I, I wish you tremendous success into 22. And I know you're going to continue just offering value to these Shopify brands. So thank you. Yep. Thanks for having me on the show, Steve. And that's it. I just, it comes down to, I give a damn <laughs> and I'm just going to keep trying. I'm going to keep showing up. Love it. We're going to keep doing our thing, but yeah. Beautiful. Um, I'm happy to be on the show and happy to share whatever I can to, to help the Shopify universe. All right. Sounds good. We'll, we'll see you next year. We have to make sure we do an annual recording. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. All right. Have a good one. Today's episode of e-commerce fast lane is brought to you by OmniSend. Now OmniSend is an email and SMS marketing platform built for nimble Shopify merchants who want to increase their sales, not their workload, full Shopify integration, pre-built automation workflows, intuitive segmentation, and best part, no code editing makes it easy to get up and running without diving into the nitty gritty details, of course, unless you want to. Now, more than 70,000 e-commerce brands use OmniSend to grow their businesses on autopilot, converting their customers with quick to build, highly relevant emails and text. Find out more about OmniSend and start free today, no credit card required. Well, that's it for today's episode. I'd like to thank you, a loyal listener of e-commerce Fastlane. It's my hope that this podcast is offering you a ton of value through growth strategies, tactics, and exclusive insider tips on the best Shopify apps and marketing platforms, all with my personal goal to help you build, launch, grow, and scale with Shopify. Thanks for investing some time today and listening to the show. I'm so proud and excited that you have a growth mindset and are a constant learner. I truly appreciate you and your entrepreneurial journey. Enjoy the rest of the week and keep thriving with Shopify.